0: Tripoli is finally expressing itself without being scared uh, of uh, the politicians that are kind of suffocating us in a way or another. Mediterranean. So I think that is expressed even much more in our demonstration because it's a reaction to how the city situation, you know, economical situation, especially. And I think that the demonstration in Tripoli also is much more passionate uh, because also we are centered in one place, which is Sehten North, and this is exactly where I mean. All the protests are mainly happening. Contrary to in Beirut, where, the, okay, they are happening in Riyadh al-Sulah, but Riyadh al-Sulah is also spread and the rain. While Sehht al is just one space, one square, and everybody's there. So the feeling is more intense and concentrated and centered. So that's why on the media also, it looks more like, yes, you know, it's really happening. Even though there are many things happening around the city, like walks, daily walks, daily protests, in front of governmental um, centers or um, municipality
1: or whatever. So that's interesting. So, in, in, I mean, from the view of somebody who, who has made a career in Tripoli and celebrating Tripoli and, and bringing Tripoli to life, do you think that the the demonstrations in Tripoli are largely a response to the way Tripoli changed economically politically or or do you think that it's linking naturally to the rest of the country in other words are these local demonstrations because of local issues in the north or do you see this as something much bigger that unifies uh, the entire entire country no
0: it's, it's actually both it's mm-hmm. both it's mm-hmm. that we are of course uh we feel a, a certain solidarity or like a solidarity not a certain we feel of course a solidarity with the rest of the country because we suffer our suffering is their suffering but our suffering is even triple yeah. because honestly while I mean I've been hanging around in Sahat al and I really realized like how poor how poor the city is. I've been meeting all these poor people who are unable even to have 1,000 lira to be able to commute, or people who don't even have the price of of their medication, or like people who are barely eating. So you can really feel that of course there's something local about it that the city is really like somehow really neglected, left out, even though you know that the richest, I mean, men in the country are from I mean, the city. So it's kind, of, uh, it's kind of absurd in a way
1: or another. And you, you mentioned uh, Sahat al nur a few times. I think both of us are, are always trying to reclaim public space. Not necessarily physically, but at least symbolically. And you, on your tour, you go to al marad uh, You also yes. go to the uh, old abandoned train station in Tripoli. Um, yes. And more recently in Beirut, we've seen people barging back into the egg, and v- very recently the theater, the Grand Theater, which to me was incredible. I've never seen it before. And do you think that part of the momentum, at least on the ground, is reclaiming public space, both physically and symbolically, where Serhat Nuur is no longer a uh, just a traffic roundabout and a pre- pretend, not a very pleasant part of Tripoli, and now it's center, and it's it's sort of the the most emotional part of the city. Do you, do you think that that is yes, there? Yes, yeah.
0: Yes, I mean, yes, we are reclaiming this, and we are reclaiming even by cutting uh, the roads and the highways. Mm-hmm, you know?
1: mm-hmm. Right, and, right.
0: Uh, funny enough, there was a debate. You know we have these debates in the tents also like in beirut and there was a debate about reclaiming our right to uh, to have uh, you know to access to the beach you know because is yes. the the public i mean and in tripoli also we suffer a lot from that because there are no public beaches and our whole coast from the beginning until the end is kind of Private resorts are very expensive. You cannot get in without any, you know, paying fee. So, uh, yes, of course we are reclaiming, but I think it's even more than reclaiming what's happening. It's reclaiming the public space as an expression of our anger and our frustration uh, to have other rights, like the rights of, I don't know, um, Social Security, pension, uh, you know, etc., to have a, a proper air to breathe. Uh, all these things, especially in Tripoli, now that you know the problem, also of garbage is, I mean, is really
1: like um, a big issue. And I actually wanted to ask you about about that in particular because these are shared problems throughout the country. But in your in your opinion, as someone who who's regularly in Tripoli lives mostly in Tripoli, do you, do you think the momentum of the demonstrations in the north are primarily economic, or do you think it's in a way, it, it sort of touches on every aspect: social change, uh, political reform. Because I, I I know you've mentioned several times how poor the average person is when you when you meet people in Sehatan Nur. There's genuine poverty. Do you think that is the core of the issue, and that's of really? Course,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the people who are you, because you know we have lots of like feeling of yeah. I like this politician, and this politician will help me and everything. But now when they're realizing that these politicians cannot really help them in this very bad economical situation, then they're saying, yeah, well, you know, we don't want this politician anymore because we need something more fair and more uh, like like outside of the system, mm-hmm. uh, a mm-hmm. system. But of course, the economy leads to... Um, all these economical problems lead you to realizing that there are other uh, things uh, that we, we lack you know from our rights economically, socially and politically so I think it's all connected
1: okay so if it's all connected and I, I actually I agree, I agree with that sentiment and I think that's why it's in a way it's an, it's a strange moment where people are not falling back on their usual usual communal identities they're sharing the pain together what what would you recommend? Because we, we've seen Tripoli on TV, and it's always on the split screen, uh, protests in the north. And it's I mean, sometimes it's it's almost like euphoric, people dancing, people singing, an open air festival, and it's really a celebration of Tripoli. What would you want as someone living there for the rest of the country to, to do in order to turn Tripoli into something that it's not? Because it's... It's one thing to look at Tripoli and be proud, but it's another thing to actually implement change. And what would you want to see different in, in Tripoli?
0: Oh, uh, first of all, I would like uh, for the whole country not to feel that we're not part of the country, because uh, there was always this thing, oh, yeah, Tripoli is far away. Oh, you're nearly a uh, Syrian city. Oh, uh, you know, all this like uh, talk, oh, Tripoli so far. Uh, you know, there's always this kind of like, uh, you know, as if Tripoli is like the, an illness or like a sickness inside of a country. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. It was very disturbing to me as a as a Tripolitan and as a tour guide because I've always want I've always loved uh, sharing. Um, you know, my love uh, to the city, um, and it was very challenging in a way to begin my tours, actually, uh, by breaking these stigmas and these, uh, you know, ideas and stereotypes that everybody has of Tripoli, and uh, I was actually, I mean, I'm, and I think that Tripoli is much more than What the media is showing right now, honestly Like, uh, you know um, There are all these like uh, German media coming and Lebanese And everything and Arabic and they're like saying Oh, Tripoli is the Harush Thawra You know, like the bride of the revolution I'm like, you know, now suddenly Like, I mean, of course media is a very Important tool, but I have been working On this for years and years To kind of like change the image Of Tripoli and show that Tripoli is is not only about yeah the party and the dj and whatever tripoli is like lots of history heritage gastronomy beautiful beautiful islands beautiful people beautiful architecture um you know um, i mean i i because i don't know if it's a bit i mean probably it's subjective but i feel like we are we are we have this kind of like genuine um authentic um you know, attitude towards things, Uh, we are more, you know, raw about saying things, we're very transparent, you know, so... um There's something very authentic about the city and its people that um, Everybody just forgot uh, during all these years because of all our political uh, Problems related to you know, uh, everybody knows the tension uh, before 2014 and all this like idea that the city is filled with celapis You know and all all these uh, problems. So I think what I I think that Tripoli deserves much more uh, than also this uh, this you know image of like yeah it's it's so trendy now uh, we want to go to Tripoli no it's not about being trendy it's about you know seeing what, what the true Tripoli is you know behind the images and the media and everything.
1: But it, I mean unpacking that a bit, I'm, I'm assuming what you're saying is that the 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 real city is still unexplored that people are just scratching the surface of what is a very rich and diverse part of Lebanon. Of course. Yeah. Of, course of course. So can I of can course. I can I just get your own opinions on the last few weeks? Uh, I know that you've been spending a lot of time north and you've been working on the ground and you've been part of this community organization. Can you just share some of these sort of some of your thoughts on the last few weeks and how Tripoli has has reacted to Tripoli? In other words, how the city has handled itself in this time of of change?
0: Uh, listen Uh-huh. Like uh, you have, for example, people cooking. Uh, you have this Haras al Madina, which are called the guards uh, of the city, mm-hmm. which are non-political, non-affiliated, getting um, you know like independent private uh, funds. They are cooking, also food for people. They are trying to uh, to uh, assure that the security is there for everyone in the square. This is very important. It's mm-hmm. like a community work on its own working. You know. Yeah. Um, and um, also, like I have, a I have friends uh, down who have tents. I have like a friend, uh, friends who are like doc uh, professors in universities and educational consultants, and they have a tent called the Tent of the Troublemakers. So it's really funny, <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know.
0: I always am them. Academics and you have like a handful, ta- you know, like of the troublemakers, the musharibin in Arabic. So mm-hmm. they do debates every day. It's so interesting. I learned a lot of things because they, you know, host lawyers. We have. I have another friend, Albaida, who's like who has a um, um a space called Saha Masaha. It means a square and a space. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. space in this Masaha uh, Arabic could mean like a space for talking. Uh-huh. So every every night from 7 to 9, he, he's hosting either like, uh, he was hosting Gilbert Dumit uh, two, two days ago and you know other like uh, lawyers, activists, they do debate, they listen to people. So and also there is like a tent for psychological support. That my friends are psychologists, they are helping or life coaches. Uh, there there is a tent uh, for um, for like reading. These are like in the square. But apart from the square, I think people are trying to help each other. Um, you know, like uh, it's 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 kind of quiet also in the city. It's not as crazy as in other places. Uh uh-huh. um, also, I've been noticing changes in, like, you know, in the square, like, every night, uh, not every night, every other night, I have friends who play music, like, djembe, and, you know, and like, we're very kind of, like, Western-looking people, but at the same time, you see, like, everybody's mingling, and it's the first time I see this, and it's beautiful, it's like you see people that are from Tibene or from Tal or from Abu Samra or from Ebbe, like really like kind of like um, areas that are not, uh, let's say, I, even middle class or bourgeois, uh, they are uh, like um, coming, meeting us in the square, we're dancing together, we're like playing music together. um uh, so for me, it's it's very overwhelming, and it's kind of beginning, it's the beginning. I mean, I feel like because of this uh, revolution, people are trying to accept each other more, and with different classes, with different uh, beliefs. Like, yesterday I saw a video, there were like uh, veiled women, and... Mm. Um, uh, uh, sitting under one tent with communists, you know, like the communists with the, you know, like their scarves, singing all together under the tent of the reading tent, or s- sitting all together in a tent with a musician, and, you know, singing all these, like, uh, you know, songs of freedom. So I was like, wow, you know, you don't see usually veiled women with, you know, hardcore leftist communists. Right in a place yeah. and that's so refreshing you know that's so refreshing that you know some kind of like barriers are kind of like slowly falling because of this one cause one revolution one feeling of uh, injustice
1: so so I'm, I'm, I'm speculating here that from what you're describing it's everyone in Tripoli is participating it's not in other words every possible community is taking part in this moment
0: yes most of them Even the ones who used to love Hariri, they actually are now down in the street and kind of like, you know, reconsidering their whole, um, you know, whatever they believed in or like whatever affiliation they had.
1: You know, I saw on, uh, I think it was Facebook, I saw that on one of your recent tours that you decided to include Siht Noor as one of the stops. Can I just ask, I mean, because we have often spoken about these things together and just sort of how each one is handling their own tour. But I'm very yes. curious, what was the average person on your tour's reaction to Sehat and Noor? Um I
0: think the group with me, uh, the group with me was like different nationalities. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of them uh, knew a little bit what's happening, uh-huh. of course. And so I think they were kind of amused.
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, <was> funny.
0: <laughs> um, Because I took them to the part of where the debates are happening, um, they were kind of like amazed. Also, I think, no, uh, you know, it's not a, it's not a thing you see every day. Uh, and also because I explained the history of the place, uh, so it's kind of like uh, gave another dimension uh, to the place. You know, because it has, I mean, it has. the old uh, mosque and uh, yeah I, I think all of them uh, were kind of I mean one of them he's a Swiss guy he came and he said Mira that's amazing that's that's really amazing you know he was like really happy that I took them there you know no thank you so much for bringing us here you know so so I think yeah I I, I mean you know, my tours are not very political, and I try not to be very political on my tours because I'm not really interested in politics, I'm more interested in heritage and the social aspect and the heritage I mean that you have in the city, but that was really interesting because I, I talk about history, but also I talked about the dynamic of the city and what is happening these days in the square, because the dynamic in the city is concentrated mainly now in the square.
1: You know, it's always a luxury where you can include a stop on the tour and you don't have to really say much. The, the stop is speaking on its behalf. And yeah. Martyrs Square is doing it for me. It's basically, it's a, alive yeah. alive and well. There's no need to even explain it because it's there. And I, Mira, I wanted to ask you about something that links to this, which is you you deliberately, on your own terms you deliberately include the train station of Tripoli. I mean, now, I can't imagine anyone else wanting to show an abandoned train station as a stop on a tour. But you do it for the right reasons, because you're pointing to an era in our history, in particular in Tripoli's history, where we were a bit ahead of the curve. And these fascinating trains that have, you know, they've haven't worked in decades, but they're still there. And you're showing, you're opening a chapter in our history that we often neglect, which is, in a way, the, the, I think, to a degree, it's what we're trying to capture back this time around. Can I ask you what? And just this is a subjective opinion. What would it take for these demonstrations to translate into a train station running again? Another, uh-huh. in, other, in other words, what what, what is, because now we have a lot of people throughout the country demanding change. What would you like to see that turn into in order for that train station to one day be running again? I
0: don't know. I think the train station issue is a bit complex and it needs a lot of time to be figured out and to figure out what to do with it so and for me uh, honestly i don't think it's a, it's a priority of course it's very important because i know what it is to be stuck in traffic and i know that it will be less pollution um cheaper and you know in many ways uh but i think that we have now priority uh, priority stuff of course the train station is important but um, yeah I, for me personally uh, I'm more worried about um, the garbage crisis and I'm more worried about me going to ER and not being um, you know uh, you know at what do we say admitted ad, ad.
1: yeah So, so basically it's the fundamentals yeah. that are at stake right now the bare, bare necessities. But I'll, I'll throw the question back at you. When we're talking about economic stimulation, let me phrase the question a little differently. What would it take for al-Ma'rad to be flourishing and running the way it was intended? Well, yeah, it needs...
0: Uh, first of all, we need to consolidate the buildings because the buildings are nearly falling. Yeah. Uh, second of course there should be more budget and more strategy and plan um i mean to plan the you know the the whole uh, concept Mm -hmm. of the matter that you know that they had in the 60s and i think the marad is a great great place where to begin uh, to boost the economy of Tripoli, it's it's a fairground. It also has uh, many artistic places in it, like theaters. Uh, there, are, there could be many many activities happening in this place. Uh, I mean, you know, unfortunately, this matter is like a whole tragedy by itself. So, um,
1: but can I? Because I'm, I mean, I I'm speaking in a superficial way, but at the same time, I'm trying to get to the, the ways to stimulate the economy and I know I respect yes. I respect what you're saying about the bare necessities and I know that that's far more critical at right now but even I mean a, a different example would be the airport in the north I mean there's many ways to to help re to help bring Tripoli back into the larger or the yes. <laughs> what's left of the Lebanese economy
0: yes, yes. I know what you're meaning like there are we have lots of things in our infrastructure and many like things already there that could really, like, uh, help with our economic growth. And uh, you are right. And I think also part of them could be um, our, our city needs um, factories. Yeah. You know, like industrial factories. Like in the 70s, there was the Ghandour, for example. Yeah. And these were really, like, helping the economy of the city at the time. Yeah. So I really think that the economy of the city... Um, could be really um, worked out through these factories, and also I think I believe in small, small changes in the old city. Mm-hmm. Like for example, you know, like all these crafts in the old city, mm-hmm. uh, all the little things uh, that we neglect in the old city, but could really boost uh, the economy from its, you know, roots. I think this is very important to work on. It means like the small and medium and uh, like businesses in the in the old city, and I think from there you can really grow. I mean, of course, from there you can work, but also you can work from other sides. Because, because I am I am a tour guide in the old city, and I see that there is so much potential in um, in reviving the tourism uh, through also these industries. So working on industries like crafts, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and also on tourism at the same time. Because, you know, it's kind of
1: a circle. You know, when I, when I joined your tour, uh, it was, must be now approaching a year ago, I noticed that the, the, for, the, the foreigners were so stimulated by Tripoli, that they were so excited in the old souks of Tripoli, and they really, really were taking genuine interest. And it's so, so relieving, to see Lebanese appreciate Tripoli this way, because it's not the foreigner that should only care about Tripoli, and I think, yes. and I think sure. that that is something that even if it's in its initial stage, I think it's it's changing for the better because it should. I mean, like you said, Tripoli is not just the second largest city, but it's it has its own proud history. And it's a prominent, of course. yeah. And it, I think uh, I hope that's sustainable. There was a protester that was shot dead in Chalde, and noticing a mural of him in Tripoli, it symbolically expresses the unity that we're feeling.
0: Yes, and the solidarity, and the love, and the, and that pain also that we have. Yeah. Um, for
1: what happened. No, I think that's a, it's a good thing where somebody south of Beirut is celebrated as much in any part of the country, including Tripoli. And that mural is is profound.
0: Yeah, it's very touching to have this. Um, it's, I mean, it's, maybe it, it will soothe the pain of some. But, uh, you know, anyways, um, the situation is uh, it's not easy and we really need to be very... It's, uh, let's say very patient and very
1: strong. Let's say yeah. <laughs> in, in, in the face of this. I wanted to get your thoughts on the role of women today. It seems like this this revolution, women are central. They're at the forefront, and it's being driven by clearly. It's not being driven by a bunch of kids, uh, boys with uh, with with free time. This is a generational thing, and it's. Women are very visible. And they're. Yes. And I wanted to just ask you as somebody who, with some perspective, I'm not going to reveal your age, but I'll say that you're old uh, enough. Do you think that a barrier has been broken for women uh, in Lebanon? Or, or, or am I being too optimistic by saying that?
0: No, definitely, definitely. Uh, I think this revolution was kind of like, you know, when you go to a therapist and you just, like, explode and you just cry or, like, you know... Shout out all your anxieties and fears and anger. I think we are the whole country is going now through a certain uh, therapy session <laughs> and This therapy session is important on all levels for uh-huh. men for women for teenagers um, You know and we're all expressing our frustration and, and the feeling that we felt that we are oppressed in many ways and this goes for men and for women, and of course because women, uh, they always have, you know, this, you know, we live in a patriarchal society, so of course we are expressing ourselves much more, and it shows much more than men because we are out there in the front uh, with no fear. And- Our parents, but now we're we're just breaking out of it. But just to mention that, you know, like I always say this that you know the the let's say the entrepreneurs of the city of Tripoli are not men. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're, they're mostly women. Like uh, um, the woman behind Ta'a, Sumaya, the woman who has a local bakery on the Mahasali She's an activist. She has a great bakery. I'm, I'm a tour guide, everybody knows me here and i'm I'm well known in Europe. Uh, I know many women that uh, created cultural uh, cultural bistro when she's thirteen Nadine uh, she has done on her own this cultural bistro i think um, I think
1: it's on your tour that you actually specify that Tripoli has a female priest
0: yes, exactly we have the first priest in the middle east, so Let's just not overdo it that, yeah, now women just appeared because of the revolution. No, we have been working hard, we're on the front row, and we've always been. But now because of this thing that is allowing us to even show it even more, then you can see that the presence of women is like, you know, there, up there.
1: So then, but let me just dig one step further in uh, Martyrs Square on uh, Nahar newspaper, on the on the building, they've put up that new version of the national anthem. And, of course, woman is, you know, in bold, in red, and people are... I mean... there is at least a, an image of woman being at the front. But do you, yes. do you see structural change happening? In other words, I'll give you an example. This long, long overdue right to nationality where women can pass the nationality down. Something simple like that. Do you see that changing on the horizon as a result of these well, demonstrations? I, I think
0: I'm hopeful. Yeah, I'm hopeful about these things. Because uh-huh. I think these things might change. It's a very important thing, but I think these things will change, but it needs time. You know, don't forget now we are realizing that the generation after us is the generation that's going to break everything. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, the students and all their ideas and, you know, so I think that um, I have hope for the generation after us. And I think that, you know, change needs time. You know, Roni, you know, that revolutions take years and some of them hundred years uh, to change. So we're just on the first steps of it. And don't forget that we have been in a very, very long, harsh system of a civil war that is still until now through our government, because most of the war criminals are still in the government. Mm -hmm. So it's not easy for us, uh, us like as, as Lebanese people, to just get rid of this very powerful... Thing, that is the government that is also of course supported by you know all the international going <laughs> so you know like so it's not easy it really needs time and it really needs patience and we cannot just have like uh, you know the cinderella's uh, fairy coming and you know changing everything uh, suddenly
1: so so you would su- you would suggest for people to remain patient in other words this will this is not going to be a, a overnight revolution we're going to uh,
0: course not of yeah. course not so we have a very fierce, fierce um, monster in front
1: of us yeah so, you know, but like but but you said something which is important and i think it now makes me feel older than i did before we started talking which is <laughs> which is the, the average <laughs> protester that i see regularly is on twitter on instagram uh they're they're on facebook they're part of the revolution and i think they're the central key to change because they don't yes. they don't see the the they don't necessarily see the failure that our generation tried and didn't succeed in and they're also unaware of the civil war. They've grown yes. up in the post war environment. Yes. So I think that kind of combination maybe it's it's there maybe in a way it's it's meant for them that they're now demanding to be treated with dignity.
0: And we're actually in the middle and we're like seeing it's it's a very Interesting subject because um, we were discussing it. How a woman went. I don't know if you remember that woman in U.S.G. that that said, "Yeah, uh, we want to be." I mean, we've been always somehow taught, by but our parents to fear. Yes. You know, like don't, yes. Do don't, yeah. uh, don't do this. Don't don't do this. Don't oppose. Say yes to everything. Don't. And all of us have been through this. You have to, yeah, to just shut up and uh, and just accept what's happening. And suddenly, here we're like just um, doing this, but at the same time, we're like, I, I, you know, I, I came to a point where I was blaming somehow my parents like for being like this. But then you can't blame them because yeah. they're, they're they're like the Jil al as we say in Arabic. They're like the generation of the war. They were scared. They were they're scared. You know they. Like, I see that they are passive because they are scared and they have a lot of fear related to the civil war. Yeah. And then we are part of this because they taught us not to rebel against what is unfair because, oh, yeah, that's how it is. We cannot do anything about it. But the generation after us, they're kind of like, you know, I think they're going to change because they haven't taken all the anxiety and fear of their grandparents, let's say,
1: you know. That's true. They are, you know? they are I think, front and center and yes. with that optimism mira thank you for your time and i uh, i hope more people go to tripoli and i hope more people join your uh, tour i learned more about my own city because of you and i say that with full <laughs> confidence that anyone whether they're in tripoli or outside tripoli if they want to scratch the surface they should go on your tours so
0: guided
1: well thank you for the self promotion mira <laughs> Yeah. Thank you so much
0: Ronnie for all your efforts. And hope Thank you so much. hopefully
1: next time we won't have to do this over Skype. The roads are blocked, but the next time uh, we'll be able to see each other in person. So. Inshallah. Thank you Mira. Thank you.